Congratulations, you've just been handed a huge new opportunity. Bravo. With it comes the need for new skills, skills you'll need to master in short order. Every year, Harvard Business School Executive Education helps executives like you develop the hard and soft skills it takes to succeed in new roles. This is your chance. Go. Start by going to hbs.me slash go. That's hbs.me slash go. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, 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 everyone. It is your girl, Dr. April J. Lisbon. I want to welcome you to another amazing episode of Embracing Autism with Dr. April. Tonight we have a wonderful guest by the name of Lisa A. Smith. Um, but before we introduce Lisa on the call, Ink Lips, are you there? We want to um, say happy Black History Month to everyone. Go ahead, Ink Lips, if you're on the air. Yes, I am on the air. Happy Black History Month, everybody. And I hope you guys are enjoying the first couple weeks of February tonight. We've got a great show for y'all. Go ahead, Doc. Tell them what we got. All righty. Yes, 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 yes. So this is our first episode of the month regarding nutrition and finding value and taking time to heal our temples from the inside out as special needs parents and, you know, as well as with our special needs children. So our first guest for the evening is Lisa A. Smith. Lisa is a serial entrepreneur, health and wellness subject matter expert, and practitioner. She is a certified personal trainer and behavior change specialist through the National Academy of Sports Medicine and holds a bachelor's degree in psychology, a master's degree, a master's in business administration, and is currently pre-med at Wayne State University. She is certified in plant-based nutrition from Cornell University and is also the founder of the Black Health Academy and Professionally Fit. Specifically, Lisa is a speaker, coach, founder, and community leader who epitomizes what it means to be professionally fit. The Black Health Academy is an affordable membership-based community which offers on-demand videos, master classes, and coaching centered around black health. The Academy is on a mission to eradicate chronic disease in the black community by providing education, community events, and resources to its members on a weekly basis. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our first guest for the month of February, Lisa A. Smith. Lisa, are you on the air? I am, April. How are you? I am wonderful. Yes, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I'm so excited my that you agreed to participate. Yes, All my right, pleasure. So, yeah, so you have a, a very impressive bio. So tell us a little bit about what started you on your personal journey of becoming nutritionally healthy and becoming fit. Well, um, back in 2012, I hired a coach, and at that time, I was about 190 pounds, and I decided I was sick and tired of being insecure in my body. I was sick and tired of constantly layering my clothes to cover up my insecurities, so I decided to reach out to a coworker of mine who was really fit, who was always eating really healthy, and I asked her if she could help me out, you know, and turns out she was a part-time trainer, and so I hired my first coach in January of 2012 and just began my weight loss journey to 
get my body to a place where I could be confident. And along that journey, I lost 65 pounds. And I began to, yeah, and I began to get really, really interested in the area of health and fitness. We know some people, you know, go on their weight loss and their health journeys, they eradicate their conditions, and they go on with their lives. Well, I eradicated my obesity issue, and then I decided to turn it into a career. And so I ended up moving abroad, lived in two separate countries, Rome and China, and decided um, that the nutrition, the food was the key. I I really paid attention to the different ways that they ate in these other countries and what foods were available at what time of the year. And it really started to heighten my awareness to the importance of what's on our plate. And so when I got back to the U.S., I decided to become a certified personal trainer. And then as I began to coach clients and really pay attention to what got them results and what didn't, I realized the really missing component was the food. And so I went and got certified in plant-based nutrition along my journey. Um, initially on my own personal weight loss journey, I was still eating meat and dairy. Um, but then I started paying attention to how those things impacted my health, my immune system, my skin, uh, and all of those things. And I started doing more research and learned that, you know, animal products weren't necessarily a necessity. Um, and the way they are touted to us in this country are, and the way they're mass produced in this country sometimes leans, oftentimes leans more towards the unhealthy route uh, versus mm-hmm. being more healthy for you. So I decided to get certified in plant-based nutrition, and now I full-time coach and teach to a whole foods plant-based lifestyle. Wow. That's phenomenal. Thank you. That is awesome. That is so awesome. So when I think about um, families raising children with special needs, a lot of our children are, not a lot of them, but some of them can be picky eaters. And when I think about nutrition and ensuring, because my son, he's, um, he has autism. And so, you know, trying to get like, um, what do y'all call it, a healthy, nutritious, balanced diet is almost yes. like playing Russian roulette as I'm scratching the back of my head. So my question exactly. to you is, when you're thinking through the process um, of healthy of health and wellness and nutrition, how in the world do you handle a picky eater? And I know it's not just only kids with special needs. I know there are some adults that are picky eaters too. So how do you yeah. handle, you know, creating a nutritious, I, I don't know, a plate, platform, whatever, for, you know, for people who, you know, have specific foods that they're only willing to eat? Yeah, well, the one thing is, number one, don't think to um, start giving someone who's picky healthy food that you have to completely change the menu. So a lot of people, even um, even those of us who are just trying to do simple things like lose some weight or get off of some medications, we believe that we can no longer have the things we love, and that's 100% untrue. All you have to do is reconfigure the way you consume it. So some people think, okay, when I go plant-based, if I can't have meat and dairy for example, I can't have tacos, I can't have pizza, I can't have burgers, I can't have pasta, and that's not true. Now we need to learn how to consume those things in a healthy manner, right? So 
for example, in my new recipe book, the plant based foodie, um, I have a taco recipe, but the the taco is the um inside of the taco is made out of quinoa, you know, quinoa taco meat. And then we have all of our fixings on there, right? And so I have a sloppy joe recipe and then and that sloppy joe is made out of lentils and I have a pizza recipe and that's made out of like cauliflower pizza crust with marinara and all your fresh vegetables. Um and then you make your own cheese out of cashews. So all you have to do is realize that these things are still available to you. That's number one. And then number two, figure out how you can start shifting the recipe a little bit, and that's going to require some research and some education, right? So you're going to have to put in a little bit of legwork. Um, and then how can you make those recipes that you enjoy but still, uh, but now they're guilt-free? How can you incorporate more plants and fruits and vegetables? That's mostly what most of us are lacking, right? So how can you consume them in a way that you enjoy versus feeling like you have to force them down, you know, the picky eater's throat? How can you mix them in a soup? How can you mix them, you know, chop them up and throw in a sandwich without it being super obvious. Um, so getting creative on and ways to incorporate those things that are giving us those micronutrients that we need to thrive. Mm, that's interesting. Now, for those people who may have food allergies, because I'm, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. I was like, that you know, that pizza sounds good until you mentioned the cashews mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the cheese. I have two kids with nut allergies. So how mm-hmm. do you make that shift if they if people aren't able to eat, um, you know, like certain fruits and certain vegetables and in, in, in certain nuts? How 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 do you then incorporate that plant based lifestyle? You know, with those. Well, yeah, you you avoid whatever someone has an allergy to. That was just one example out of many, right? Girl, but they so need cheese, though. They need the cheese. They need the cheese. <laughs> Yes, everybody wants the cheese, no doubt about it. But there's plant-based cheese now made out of coconut milk, so you can avoid the, the nuts, right? So, again, okay. um, yeah, so like I said, that's that's where the research and the education part comes in, getting with, you know, an expert or getting a recipe book that can kind of teach you those things because you're right. Most people think like, okay, well, if I can't have nuts, then how am I going to have a dairy-free milk, right? All I know is exactly. almond milk or, or, right, cashew milk. But it's like, no, you can do hemp milk or flax milk or coconut milk. Those aren't made from nuts. So that that's just that getting that education. Like, for example, I teach two free nutrition classes in the metro Detroit area per month. How can you research somewhere in your area where you can go learn these things? Because if you know um, nutrition is one of the areas that's lacking, you can't rely on your baseline of knowledge. You have to get that next level of education. That, that makes sense. That makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. You know, and I'm just thinking to myself because I'm just like, yeah, I got two of them. I was like, yeah, this sounds so good. And the reason why I said it is because I did purchase your book. I'm so excited for that book to come along Yay. because I'm really trying to, <laughs> you. Um, you know, create that healthier lifestyle. Like I tell people, it, it's going to be a work in progress to get through the meat process because I love meat. But I also know that as I get older, I'm realizing that it's hard to shed the weight off, you know. And I always blame the children, but I'm like, my, you know, my youngest is five, and I'm like, I can't be blaming them, you know, five years later. It's just <laughs> the story is just becoming too old right now. So I know exactly. it all starts with me, you know, but there are some and, times when I – go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, too, um, you know, the weight that you're trying to shed may not be the animal products, right? We also have to look at addictions, right? So we have to look at 
salt, oil, and sugar. We have to make sure your diet is unprocessed because even if you start slowly moving away or reducing your animal products, that's not the only thing that helps you reach a level of optimal health. So a lot of people are don't consume animal products and are still really unhealthy. So it's, it's not my belief that the only way to do this is by excluding all animal products. It's my belief that you have to make your diet as plant-based as possible, and that sometimes still includes a little bit of animal products every now and then. I don't want people wow. to think that everything is black and white, you know, um, because most people, even if they're, they consider themselves vegan, they'll still eat a bunch of junk food. So I don't, if somebody tells me they don't eat animal products or they're vegetarian or vegan, I don't automatically assume they're healthy. Wow. Mm-hmm. You just, I'm just like, all these little light bulbs, I, I, I never knew that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, yes. because everybody always talks about if you're vegan, you're healthy, you're this, you're that. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, because I know a lot of people who, who were vegetarians and they still have health issues. And I'm like, but you're vegetarian, you're vegan. How Absolutely. can you have health? You know, health issues right. if you're supposed to be eating right. So it sounds like Absolutely. it's just a the combinations of food and ensuring that you get the right plants and the right fruits in your vegetables. Um, vegetables in your body on a consistent basis that helps to create, you know, uh, a more consistent, healthy lifestyle, basically. Exactly, and that's the difference between vegan or vegetarian or plant-based. Now, by definition, I am a vegan, right? I don't eat, you know, chicken, poultry. I don't eat, you know, sea, you know, seafood. I might have a piece of wild-caught salmon every couple of months, but that's the extent of my animal products. I don't consume any dairy. So I'm not saying, you know, I consume these. I don't, but I don't right, want right, right, to right. assume that no, people no, no. who don't are just automatically, because most people judge people's health by on what they don't eat, but I judge it by what they do eat. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's mm, yeah. mm. <laughs> you know, a whole new thing and stuff. Because, because like I said, I think that's kind of sort of where that guilt comes from, you know, and I right. just think about, you know, having a child with special needs and just thinking about, you know, my days and my nights are just already all over the place. And, I'm, you know, you already have this underlying guilt of different stuff. And then to make food an issue and feel guilty because you're not following the script or following the plan, you know, makes life hard. So to hear even you say that, you know, even you too get some kind of healthy meat. And I know that, you know, while, you know, while caught salmon has a nice um, amount of, you know, omega-3s and fatty acids in it. So it makes sense mm-hmm. why you would want to, you know, include that in your diet. But it's just so nice not to feel like, you know, if I if I do have a piece of meat, you know what I mean, I'm going to get beat over the head with a club, you know, because I'm going to die no. the next day. <laughs> That's what it feels no. like. It's like, no, well, no. if I'm going to die, I'm going to die happy. Let me go get that cheeseburger right quick. <laughs> <laughs> right. And exactly. So, no, we. I don't, I don't, I try not to draw a line in the sand and that's, and, and, make people believe that they're doing it wrong if they don't do it my way, you know. Um, but, but I also don't eat refined sugar, right? I, there's, I also don't have an addiction to um, oil or salt. or So it, it's important to note that somebody cannot eat meat and still eat a whole bunch of junk food. So I'm that's that we need to look at the entire plate and lifestyle and not just judge based on what they're not eating. Yes, that's 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 good. That's good. So I'm gonna go back to this Rome and China thing because yeah, th- th- this piece of the process is kind of interesting. Okay. So what it feels like is that we don't eat healthy in the U.S. in comparison to other countries, including the way how we select our fruits and vegetables during the seasons. Is that right? Or, oh, or, or absolutely. Am I just assuming? 
No, 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 okay, absolutely. Um, that's one of the first things that my awareness was heightened to is that, you know, particularly in China, you couldn't get certain things, you know, at a certain time of the year. And I was really taken aback by how quickly my produce went bad after I bought it until my it clicked in my head that real food rots, right? And so my, my food is supposed to be going bad. It's supposed to be turning brown. As soon as it's taken out the ground, it's dying. So um, I'm so used to in America where things have a shelf life far longer than they're supposed to, where things that are preserved and colored and, you know, pre-seasoned and pre-cooked. So when things go bad quickly, here I am complaining, not realizing that means you're eating real food, that because nothing should have a shelf life, everything should be dying. So, um, and then what's in season here, like right now in Michigan, it's wintertime, it's February. We should not be eating berries. We shouldn't be eating melon. melon. We should only be eating things that are in season. And so um, the, that that really drove a lot of things home for me too. And when people believe that it's expensive to eat healthy, it's expensive to eat healthy if the things are done for you. It's expensive to eat healthy if you're buying things that are like frozen or prepared. But if you're eating whole raw real food that you cook and manipulate yourself, it's not expensive at all, especially when you eliminate those animal products out of your grocery cart because those are usually the most expensive anyway. So when you eat in season and when you eat whole real food that you're cooking from scratch yourself, it's quite affordable. Wow. All right. So I don't want to miss out. Tell us about this book. And do you touch on, um, and I know this sounds crazy, on food selections that you should have within a particular season. Like, you know, this is um, this is fluff season, as I like to call it, winter season, you know, so we have <laughs> to pack on the fat. So when you think through the book, you know, does it tell you, okay, this is the best kind of recipes to cook during this season to help burn the fat during fluff season? It doesn't, April, and I'm and I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm already in my head working on the next one, and so um, I'm thinking that's what I'll do because you're right. There are such things um, called like warming foods, cooling foods, um, and then of course you know seasonal things. So yes. this book is is this book, um, the plant based foodie fifty comfort classic recipes for the plant based foodie and you is a little over fifty fully plant-based recipes, no fake vegan meat, no fake vegan cheese, no refined sugar, nothing's fried. Um, and so with a 100% truly plant-based, it's vegan, but it's also plant-based. So um, that's what this book is. And the next one and the next um, iteration of the plant-based foodie, I'll then probably get into, um, like you said, seasonal things, um, more tips about transitioning to this lifestyle um, and, and break and kitchen staples and things like that. I have all that stuff in my digital course, but I didn't put it in this iteration of the book. Okay, okay. So, so um, inquiring minds want to know: Do you have like desserts in this new book? You know. Yes. <laughs> okay. okay, good. I do have like some I tell everybody, like, I ordered my copy. I'm ready for it to come. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And yes, I do have desserts in this book, and then um, and so like the sweeteners that we use would be 100% raw maple syrup. Um, um, and you know, sometimes raw agave or raw honey. Um, but, um, I'm, we're also now offering, um, plant-based meal prep. So I've partnered with a local chef and we're rolling out our plant-based meal prep actually next week. So, um, she too has a recipe book. So, uh, she's done a fine job of creating a custom menu for me and we both have, 
um, recipes from both of our books on the menu. So it's really cool. The, the plant-based meal prep is going to be quite complementary to our cookbooks. And so if you see some stuff in the cookbook and you're kind of intimidated by preparing it, it might be one of the meals you can get on our plant-based meal prep, which are all done for you and delivered and ready to eat. So, What do you mean, like delivered and packed and shipped to different locations? <laughs> so yeah, I'm it's going like, to be I'm either delivered. Kind of is that what you <laughs> what you're talking about? Yeah, plant based meal prep. So the meals are going to be cooked for you and packaged, and you can um, either pick them up or we'll deliver them to you. It's just going to be in the Metro Detroit area for right now. Uh, okay, well, see, I still got some folks in the D, so I just have them to freeze it and ship it to where I'm at in Virginia. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we're, we're, we're mm-hmm. definitely going to work on expansion once we roll it out locally. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, because I know someone who I actually um, who I actually did a training with probably about it'll be about three years ago, and she, um, you know, she 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 was heavy, and then all of a sudden she decided she took a break from Facebook, and then all of a sudden her face started to get slimmer, and then her body started to get slimmer, and I'm like, girl, what in the world are you doing? And she said that you know she basically switched her entire lifestyle. Uh, because it was for health reasons, to a plant-based diet. And she was making, like, ice cream made with uh, raw bananas and cashew, like, um, ice cream kind of toppings. And she was doing, like, um, buffalo wild wings made with, like, um, not buffalo wild wings, oh, my goodness, but buffalo wings made of cauliflower. And I'm like, what that look like and taste like? But I've noticed that a lot of people are doing it because I have someone else in my network that does it. And I'm like, those look like those little, um, you know, when you blow out the chicken wings and you try to make it fancy, that's what it reminds you of. <laughs> and I'm just like, I wonder if this stuff is really good. And are they are they blanching it? Are they doing it raw? I'm like, what does buffalo or barbecue oven roasted cauliflower taste like? Because it seems like cauliflower is, just, is like the new corn for some reason. Everybody's doing everything with cauliflower, from cauliflower rice to chicken wings to everything in between. Yes, they are. They truly are. Cauliflower is, like, on the rise right now. Um, and I'm actually not a big fan of it myself, but um, cauliflower rice, cauliflower pizza crust, cauliflower wings, um, cauliflower steak, it's a whole thing, right? And I, I have, yeah, yeah, they're making steak out of cauliflower now. Girl, don't ask me about it. I don't know. That's the extent to my cauliflower steak. Girl, cauliflower steak, girl, what we going to do with that? Well, we, nothing. I'm not even going to try that one. Um, but <laughs> I have one cauliflower recipe in my cookbook, and that is for the cauliflower wings, which I don't mind, actually. I've had them at a couple different restaurants, and um, and I've made them um, myself. And so I like the cauliflower wings as long as it's not over-battered. Um, but, okay. So those are pretty good. But, yeah, it, it, the cauliflower has gotten out of control. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> everywhere I turn around, I'm like – what is this stuff? I'm like, what just happened to good old cauliflower and broccoli combination? I was like, y'all doing too much. But I get it. I get people are really trying, kind of sort of like you described, you know, so people won't feel like they're, like, losing anything when they make the transition yes. from meat, but right. also ensuring that the food still tastes good, you know, because like I tell exactly. you, when I think about vegetables and stuff, after a while they get boring. 
you know. So they can, to- depending on how you consume them. But that's why that diversity and variety is extremely important. Because you're right, the word vegetable and fruit doesn't necessarily trigger tasty in our minds. But no, it, no. it can be quite, yeah, it can be quite delicious, depending on how you prepare it. And that's why we're rolling out the plant-based meal prep, because a lot of people have these preconceived notions about what being plant-based means, you know, what clean eating means, that we all automatically equate that in our head with, I can never have, fill in the blank. And that's not true. Yes, 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 yes. So we have about seven more minutes before our call ends tonight. So before we do that, um, please give us our listening audience um, how they can reach you on social media as well as the name of your book and how they can pre-order the book. Because I know the book is not officially out yet, but I want them to be able to pre-order it. Absolutely. We're definitely taking pre-order. So I'm Lisa Angel Smith on Instagram and Facebook at Lisa Angel Smith. Um, and my website is lisaangelsmith.com. You can go right there and order the book. You can see all the places that I'm speaking. You can uh, click to work with me. I have a 12-week digital course that helps you transition to a whole foods plant-based diet. I have um, the Black Health Academy, which has a free online option um, as well. And then um, I have the podcast. And so all that stuff is on my website at lisaangelsmith.com. Um, and the recipe book, you can order that, pre-order that right now on Kindle or pre-order that in paperback. And um, that will, we should be shipping that out within the next two weeks. We, we should have the print copies in and ready to ship out. So the pre-order is special pre-order pricing right now. And once that cart closes, the price is going to go up. And um, and and if anyone's interest, interested in um, taking their plant based journey to the next level, or educating their community, their household, their church, their job on whole foods, plant based nutrition, or weight loss, uh, then I'm your girl for speaking or for coaching, whether it be virtual or in person. Awesome, 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 awesome. This is this has been a phenomenal call, Lisa. I'm so glad you were the first person and you agreed to be number one to start a nutrition <laughs> yes. series. So before we end this call, what are three things, three lasting impressions that you want our um, listening audience to know about improving their nutrition, improving their health, but also, you know, if they have questions about, you know, making the transition to a plant-based diet, what are the top three things that you would want them to know as a family? Because like I said, I feel like this is more of a family kind of a thing, and I can see the little battles with me and my son on the spectrum. We're trying to do some. Um, yes. Buffalo cauliflower. So I need to know what I what tricks I need to use to convince them that this is real. Well, yes. Number one, start with water with everything that you do. Most of us are highly deficient in that water. We should be drinking half our body weight in ounces per day. So that goes for your child too. The easiest thing to start removing out of your diet is definitely unhealthy beverages before we even get to the food. So make sure you you have eliminated all that juice and all that tea and, and any caffeine and start drinking that water first and most important. Second tip is to unprocess your diet, right? So it doesn't matter whether you're subscribing to a plant-based diet, a vegan diet, vegetarian diet, pescatarian diet, lacto-octo diet, I don't care what the title is, unprocess it, meaning you shouldn't be eating anything that's in a package, that's pre-cooked, that's preserved, that's, you know, in a takeout container. You want to start eating whole real food that goes bad, that hasn't been manipulated by somebody else before you got to it. And then tip three would be to um, 
battle your addictions head on, right? So, again, regardless of what diet you're going to subscribe to, most of us still retain our addictions to sugar. Most of us still retain our addictions to salt and oil because technically all of those things can be vegan or vegetarian or whatever. So get rid of your addictions, unprocess your diet, and master that water. Wow. Oh, my goodness. This has been an amazing call. Ink Lips, do you have any questions for Lisa before we end tonight's show? Sure. Now, with the cauliflower steak, how does that taste? I don't know. I've never had it. <laughs> Girl, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still trying to picture. I'm like, would that be like a cube cauliflower steak? Is that a, you know, a ribeye cauliflower steak? Right. Nope, they slice it like the long way so it's thick and it's supposed, you're supposed to grill it. I don't know. food over here. Because I have some cauliflower and I'm like, do I mash it up? Do I, do I, I mean, what do I do with it? <laughs> I've never had the cauliflower steak. I When I make cauliflower, I usually just roast it. And I usually actually, believe it or not, when I make my veggie tacos, I'll, I'll have, like, cauliflower mm. and some other veg in there with, like, some portobello mushrooms and some big chunks of onions and some peppers. And I'll have, like, veggie tacos. And that's usually how I consume my cauliflower. Okay. Okay. Now, now I can do that. But, yeah, okay. that cauliflower steak, so as soon as I end this call, you know I'm going to be doing a Google search on what cauliflower steak looks like. Right, child? Girl, listen. <laughs> and don't call me and ask me about it. I'm not that. I don't. I just told you about it. I don't have anything at the cauliflower steak. Don't y'all steak lovers start going off on me. <laughs> Please. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight, Lisa. This has been an amazing show. It's been a fun show. I've learned so much, and I hope our listening audience has learned a lot from you as well. We do, as parents of children raising um, with, of children with special needs, have the ability to even change the pickiest eater. We just have to be consistent, and we just have to ensure that uh, understand that this is a process. You know, Rome wasn't yeah. built in a day. It's a process, but as long as we are consistent, both uh, both our children and we will also be living a more healthy lifestyle. So thanks Absolutely. so much again, Lisa. Thanks again. My Eclipse. pleasure. Tonight has been a great no show, problem. everyone. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. You're looking for meaning and purpose in your work. Hello? Hello? We all are. Every year, Harvard Business School Executive Education helps executives like you reevaluate goals and develop both personally and professionally to turn their careers into their callings. Don't be different. Be changed. Go. Start by going to hbs.me slash go. That's hbs.me slash go.